The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Thank Godzilla. It's Friday, where it is Friday, and that means it's Godzilla. My name is William Bibiani. I am a critic. I write for The Rap. I write for Decoding Everything, hey. and everybody calls me Bibs. Uh, my name is Whitney Seibold. I, too, am a critic. I am a senior staff writer at Slash Ooh. Film. Ooh, that's nice. Got, got a new title. It feels Ooh, good. Yeah, that's good. Put that on a yeah. business card. Oh, I should get new business cards. You should huh? get business cards. I should cards. get square ones. You know, they'd be like really arch about it. That's very cool, yeah. But but have it like printed in a diamond shape. Ooh. Even better. People will remember you. Yeah. You As the asshole like with, with square <laughs> business cards. <laughs> anyway, uh, this is our podcast here at the Critically Acclaimed Network where we're reviewing... Every single Godzilla movie and every single Godzilla-adjacent movie, which is relevant, uh, after a, bi- a brief detour last week where we reviewed Roland Emmerich's Godzilla from 1998, a movie which... Still isn't good. It wasn't good at the time. No, it's, it's hasn't it's not, still hasn't stood the test of time. It, it's still as clunky as ever. It's not quite as epically awful as some people give it credit for. It's mm. it's it's merely bad. Yeah, but uh, it was a weird detour. It required a lot of unpacking. Uh, but that movie, because we're committed to doing this in chronological order, which we've screwed up multiple times, but we're trying. Because we're committed to doing this in chronological order, we had to split up the Rebirth of Mothra trilogy, mm-hmm. which we finally get to conclude in today's episode, where we're going to be talking about Rebirth of Mothra 3. Uh, to recap, Godzilla died, mm-hmm. but they still wanted to make monster movies, and Mothra was the second most popular one. So Mothra got, after Mothra had her own movie in the 1960s. Oh, yeah. Uh, but then quickly got swept up in the Godzilla fervor and that whole universe. But Mother got their own movie. But this movie was much more in the vein of the late Showa era, a lot more focused on kids. And indeed, that has remained the case throughout the entire Rebirth of Mothra trilogy. But kids media in the 90s had a slightly different vibe, a slightly different tone than it did in the 70s. And it was pointier. Things were pointy. pointier. Yeah. Lots, it was very slick. There was a certain degree of artificiality that, to be fair, uh, most of these giant monster movies have a degree of artificiality to them. Mm. But um, it, it's a very familiar kind of artificiality. A very, well, well, a pe- very late afternoon live-action TV. Yeah, to people our age who were raised mm. watching... The Mystic Knights of Tirnanog. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Power Rangers is still kind of going. Like, kids still watch that. That's show. true. Yeah, uh, Power you know. Rangers started up uh, in 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 the mid nineties. I was in high school when it started, yeah. and I, I remember At least in America. I don't remember if we had it. I think it might have had it through a little earlier. Oh, I I, yeah. I think it was going on for much uh, much earlier than that yeah. in uh, in 
Japan, but and it had uh, its, and it had its antecedents in stuff like the Japanese Spider Man and Kamen Rider. And, oh yeah, yeah so no, like the, it, that whole Tokusatsu thing yeah. was like established in Japan, and uh, Power Rangers was the first big hit that they imported, not just imported but like remixed. For an American mm-hmm. audience, they shot new American footage with American actors. Yeah, but they used a lot of the Japanese footage as well. Yeah, um, which was a big, which gave them a lot of production value, but saved them a lot of money. Yeah, uh, and it was huge. And all of a sudden, what was, uh, uh, and and to be fair, like Americans had been like importing uh, uh, media, often stuff that they could redub. Mm-hmm. Uh, to especially kids TV for a long time, we'd already had Astro Boy, Speed Racer. Yeah. Uh, in the uh, the '80s, we would get stuff like Battle of the Planets and Robotech. A lot of anime that would be redubbed and marketed more to kids. The '90s would also have Pokemon and Digimon and Yu Gi Oh. So Sailor Moon, all those. Right. Yeah. But the live action ones had a particular vibe, and by God, the Mothra movies have been catering to that. Uh, the first one saw Mothra uh, and uh, the Elias, the two uh, sort of uh, fairy, fairy, fairy ladies, characters, yeah, yeah. Uh, teaming up with a couple of kids who don't actually contribute that much uh, to stop their evil sister, Belvira, from teaming up with the villainous Deskidera, not to be confused with King Ghidra, different Ghidra. Deskidera was the first movie. Yes. All right. Save the day. Uh, second movie. Uh, the Elias teamed up with a bunch of kids who, again, didn't do a lot. Different kids, too. Different kids. Uh, to find a treasure in a lost pyramid and help Mothra defeat basically a giant stingray monster, uh, which it eventually did by turning into a bunch of little Mothras and it's shooting flying, itself into yeah. its colon. Uh, <laughs> kind of a weird film. <laughs> Dagara is the, that yeah. creature. Uh, and then in this third film... Uh, they're going to team up with some kids to defeat actual King Ghidorah. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no no gossip, straight up King Ghidorah. Yeah. A different version, different reality, not the same backstory, but the, they're calling it King Ghidorah. It's King Ghidorah. Although we're, we're on to, uh, like tertiary Mothra's at this point. Yeah. Because Mothra, Mothra does get reborn. Mothra is a, a character that. Uh, is constantly transmigrating. Mothra mm-hmm. dies, but then uh, Mothra's soul goes into like the next iteration, yeah. which is a caterpillar, and then the caterpillar will pupate and turn into another Mothra. Yeah. And it's all Mothra. And occasionally Mothra will turn into a more badass Mothra, but yeah. Well, in yeah. The Rebirth of Mothra, that's when we get Mothra Leo. We get a little fairy Mothra, which is a little teeny tiny Mothra. Well, that, that's uh, in the first mo- Rebirth in, of Mothra. In, in the yeah. Rebirth of Mothras. And... Yeah. Um, and Toho is shameless about this. Uh, when they sort of rework one of their monsters a little bit, mm-hmm. they'll repackage it and rename it as if it's a new monster. Yeah. So Mothra Leo is not the same as Mothra. No. And in this one, we'll have like three Mothras, I believe. Well, it, it gets it's the same. Little... It's the same monster, but, but it gets it's... a little funky. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and to be fair, the Mothra Leo is is. Because Mothra doesn't just get reborn like a phoenix from the ashes. Mothra lays eggs. Mm. Those eggs awaken. Uh, they uh, become giant caterpillar monsters. They defeat bad guys. One of them dies off screen. Never explain that one, by the way. <laughs> uh, and then they become Mothra. That other, uh, their previous Mothra uh, dies. This, in Rebirth of Mothra, was the first time we actually got Mama Mothra and mm. Baby Mothra on screen at the same time. 
So yeah. it wasn't so much that it was being reborn in a new body as it was. This is pr- properly a new Mothra. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but regardless, Mothra, the, the 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 gig of Mothra has been reborn. You know, Mothra is dead. Long live Mothra. Uh, so in this movie, and I appreciate one thing about this movie. This is a trilogy. They're not terribly deeply connected. But this one does have a certain air of finality because well, it, it brings a this, bigger story this time around. It has a bigger scope. It has a bunch of kids uh, who also don't do a lot. Uh, but it actually brings the story of the Elias uh, and their sister Belvira to a certain conclusion. It's not just yet another adventure. It actually involves a, a certain degree of character development, uh, which makes this one a little more satisfying, I feel. Belvira goes through some shit, and so does, uh, is it Laura, the one who uh, gets hypnotized by King Ghidra? Uh, yes. Yeah, there's Laura, there's Mona, and then there's Belvira. Uh, they all go through some shit, and they go through a big learning experience. Uh, it's very nice. Everyone's very pleasant. The movie begins... Asteroids hitting the Earth. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's probably not good. Very few movies begin with an asteroid hitting the Earth, and it's fine. Have you noticed that? Uh, it's always well, a blob or, or a killer clown from outer space. Hey, or... Hang on, hang on. I'm trying to think of like. What I'm not are... saying it's never happened, but it's not the norm. Has there ever been like a benevolent alien, like well, my they, but Martian or something? They don't really come in asteroids, though. I guess you could argue that like Superman, but that wasn't like an asteroid. Like, this is this feels like well, maybe you know what? Maybe I'm being judgy. Maybe I'm adding my subjective quality. Like if it's a if it's a bad guy crash landing on Earth, it's an asteroid. If it's a good guy, it's a spaceship. Yeah, okay, yeah. I, that that's a me problem. That's a, that's, <laughs> that's I actually have to deal with that. That's that's not me. I apologize for that. That's that's not fair. But in any case, um, a bunch of shooting stars are hitting the Earth, and we meet our human characters. Uh, there's a dad, and he's driving home with a watermelon in a baseball cap. The watermelon is in a baseball cap, not him. Uh, melons are a common gift in Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're considered it's kind of a luxury gift, from what I understand. Yeah, uh, you, you can get special watermelons, special kinds of sweet melons, honeydews, cantaloupes, and uh, you mm-hmm. give them as like housewarming gifts. Yeah, so that's not so unusual that he's no, driving with no, it. It's, it's not a housewarming gift; he's bringing it home to his family. Yeah. But still, it is odd that it's in a cap. I suppose so. That that was the thing that stood out to me. I thought maybe this was like a Hauser reference. Uh, that, oh no, my friend just turned into a watermelon. That yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah. That that happened in the movie Hauser, which if you've ever seen Hauser, you must. It is. Well, it wasn't a watermelon though; it was bananas. No, but there was a severed head that was confused for a watermelon, or vice versa. So it's a little bit of both. Oh, well, wasn't, wasn't, there, wasn't there wasn't there a severed head watermelon gag in Hauser? There, there was a flying severed head. In was that? But is so. there a watermelon? Okay, maybe I'm just remembering it wrong. In any case. Well, I'm, that's right. Yeah, like yeah. She, she fished. She was like trying the water. to chill a watermelon in the well. And yeah, when she fished it out, it was a severed head. Exactly. Yeah, okay. I knew it was a gag. Uh, meanwhile, over at Infant Island, uh, all the Elias have cute new outfits. They they get new costumes every every movie. And uh, but the and last one was the the change was kind of subtle. This one feels like a, a major yeah. step up. And uh, was it Gara Gara, the little mechanical so. dragon? Garu Garu, yeah. Garu Garu uh, yeah. gets upgraded in every movie as well. Yeah. It gets like increasingly Borgified. Yeah, now it's got like visible rockets. Mm. Belvira's mm. uh, dragon mount 
has visible rockets on it, which I appreciate. I like, in this one, it feels like she's more of a gearhead. Like, there's a bit where she's trapped under Garagoro as he's been, like, uh, uh, like taken out of commission by King Ghidorah, and she's just trying to, like, kickstart it, like Han Solo with a Millennium Falcon, <laughs> just, like, pulling levers and shit. <laughs> Uh, and and now they have swords. They do. They have uh, swords now. And, and um, I finally understand a gag that they, it, it's actually it was um, a joke they made in a South Park episode that preceded this movie. Huh. Uh, if you recall the Barbara Streisand episode from the yes, first season, I do. Yeah, that yeah. was their that was their big kaiju episode. Yeah, yeah. they, they was, had might have been the first one they ever did where they, they had like a significant fake celebrity appearances. Yeah, like they, real they, celebrities, but like, not playing themselves. Barbara Streisand came to South Park looking for this magical uh, triangular widget. Uh-huh. Because she already had one and when she joins uh-huh. two she turns into Mecha, Mecha Godzilla. Well, it was Mecha Streisand, yeah. Yeah. Uh, why, why Barbara Streisand? That was just where our sense of humor was at the yeah, time. And, and they also hate Barbara Streisand. I don't know why. Uh, but yeah, other other celebrities got involved. City Poitier was in there. Robert yeah. Smith from The Cure yeah. and Leonard Moulton were also kaiju in that movie. Yeah. Or in that episode. Uh, in this movie, Rebirth of Mothra 3, they also have little magical triangles. Yeah. They have I, triforces. That's the thing. I thought it was like a Legend of Zelda riff because mm. if you recall, this isn't so much a thing I think as much anymore, but back in the early days of Legend of Zelda, the big MacGuffin was the Triforce and it was basically mm. three triangles and you would assemble it. Uh, yeah, they, were, they were just these big magical tiles. Yeah. They were tri- triangles. They just needed a magical shape. And, and they've been you could put it on an eight bit game. Yeah, yeah. And then they've been not that that's gone away, but they used to make a bigger deal about how this is the Triforce of Wisdom, and this is the Triforce of Courage, and this is the Triforce of Power. power. Yeah, yeah. So you need all three. You have all three, and you, you, you can do something. Yeah. Uh, here uh, they are: wisdom, courage, and love. That's right. And it turns out each one of these little doohickeys, doodads, if you will, goobers, uh, corresponds to one of the Elias. So there's one for Mona, there's one for Laura, and there's one for Belvira. Little they, hazy they, on which one's supposed to go to which until the very end. Like, you'd think it yeah, would, like, well, connect, but... And they each have these little magical daggers yes. that they keep on their belts. And if when they affix these little triangles to their daggers, yeah. they turn into magic swords. Like you do. That, okay. Yeah, I mean it's it's, it's cool, I guess. I, and, I think... and right at the beginning of the movie, they uh, they mix up the three triangles. Yeah, so, so like they're if... able to, to magically enhance one sword, but not the other two because they're, so, they're swapped. So basically, uh, I believe uh, it's Laura is the one who's supposed to have the the triangle of love. Mm. Uh, but uh, if Laura has the triangle of courage, it won't fit in her little dagger and turn into a magic sword. Mm. Oh, that's how unfortunate for her. Whoops! I, I realized something. It's it because these swords have not been established. We don't know what that means. No, just they have swords, and they don't do a lot of sword fighting. And, not... and as we got into a big uh, conversation with the last rebirth of Mothra, this is like the He-Man and the Masters of the Universe thing, where they're just mm-hmm. sort of thinking up crap as they go along. Yeah, just because it's like fun for a kid audience. Kids yeah. like magic swords, so now it's going to be in the movie. Well, people like trinkets. I mean, uh, uh, Sailor Moon had been going on for a while. This is late 90s now. Had been going on for a while at this point. And that had a bunch of different magical doohickeys where uh, it's like a magical compass or like it's a magical wand, I think, which had like a little stick with the moon on it. And when you and when you whip that sucker out, and it's something you can buy, uh, when you whip so, that sucker out, there's a 
you know, transformation sequence, and it saves you a lot of money in animation because you're reusing that animation every week, and yada yada yada. Um, I realize now there was a bit at the beginning of the movie, the very beginning, the very first thing uh, is a quote. Uh, have it's it's like on the screen, you know, like at the beginning of like Kill Bill when it says "Revenge is a dish best served cold." Ancient Klingon proverb. Uh, the quote is "Have hope, as long as you live." Quotation, Mothra. You know, Mothra said that. Remember mm. when Mothra said that? Everyone remembers when Mothra said that. But it, it sounded more like Eve. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Translated. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but then there's like a moment where it's, there's like a like a glowy bit, uh, and the glowy bit looks like a glowing crucifix, and that's like the the movie is like Mothra. I'm like Mothra is Christian. God? Where are we going with this? And now I realize mm. probably a sword. Yeah. That's probably a symbol okay, for the yeah. sword rather than, than a, than a, a, that, crucifix, that a crucifix, yeah. which is really not relevant I mean, to anything happening in this movie other than the constant state of rebirth Mothra is in, I suppose. But I yeah, think they, in, I don't think they're really going for it. There, there was a little bit more of a mystical element to Mothra in the Showa films. Mm-hmm. It, uh, less so in the Heisei era and definitely not here. Like Mothra has uh, worshippers yeah, in the, the Showa films. Yeah. And, and Mothra is also a, a sacrificing god, will give until uh, she is dead and mm-hmm. reborn. She constantly gives of herself to save the world and save I, the people. Mothra uh, is making the sacrifice. It's not like people are, like, you know, sacrificing their, their, their livestock to Mothra. No, no, no. Just to Mothra, clarify. Yeah. Just to clarify. I mean, maybe they are, but that's not yeah. in the movies. Uh, Mothra doesn't strike me as the bloodthirsty type. No. <laughs> yes, I will help you, but feed me an infant. You know, it's not... Well, it is that's Infant what, Island. That's why I call it Infant Island. Oh, I have God. to feed babies to Mothra. Jesus. Mothra's baby hunger cannot be sated. All right, we're moving on from that right now. <laughs> uh, I, know, I know we can get into the weeds, but let's not, shall Ma- we? Mothra is not a, a, a divine creature any longer. Mothra no. is just like a, a, monster, ancient... a monster warrior. Well, it's an ancient... It's a magical being. Mm. It is summoned through song, mm. which I, I don't know the science behind that shit, so I'm pretty sure that's magic. Uh, they've got magic swords. Mm. I think there's still magic going and, on, but it's less religious. A, it's less religious yeah. than it was. Oh, and, and there's time travel, too. We'll get to the time oh, travel. Oh, 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 we'll get to time travel. <laughs> there's dinosaurs in this there's movie. There's dinos- actual dinosaurs in this one, not mm. like Godzilla swords. Actual dinosaurs. Nice little treat. Um, but anyway, uh, we... we Belvira goes to do her own thing and she's just like, oh, a giant terrible thing is coming. Meteors hit the earth. Well, I guess they hit the earth or meteorites, but whatever. I I took this class once in school. In schooling. Move move on. Move on. (laughs) Anyway, meet our family. Uh, It's a a dad and I couldn't tell for for a while because she keeps calling him, like, Papa or something like that. If that was, like, the eldest daughter or if that was the mom calling Dad Dad. That was the mom calling yeah, Dad It took dad. me a minute. Right. But anyway, uh, they've got a bunch of kids. The only one who's relevant is the oldest. Uh, his name is uh, Shota, and Shota likes to cook. Mom is cooking. It's okay. Shota's like, chop the onions more fine. Dash a lemon. Mwah. And Dad's like, oh, this is the most delicious thing I've ever had. Yeah, Shota just made it up. Oh, my God, Shota, what an amazing cook you are. And then the next day, when everyone's going to school, everyone's like, okay, we're all going to school. Why isn't Shota going to school? Oh, uh, he's, he's humiliated, embarrassed. Uh, every day he goes to school, and he eats the lunch that his parents lovingly make for him. 
And it's such bullshit. Such uneatable, inedible, if you will, bullshit. That he cries. It's so miserable. And his mom's like, well, but she, she, it's, it's, it's made with love. It is the only thing he hates. To eat something you hate is not nutrition. So he stays home and goes cave diving. Uh, this subplot, by the way, where Shota doesn't go to school for food-related reasons, and also he's got, like, Hannibal Lecter's palate, this perfect palate, never mentioned again. What they make a big I deal I out of it. I remember a lot of that. Oh, that, I, well, let me ask you a question, because this this is, we don't always watch the same version. Did you watch the dub or the subtitle? I watched the subtitle version. This okay, time. I watched right. the subtitle. They, they made a weirdly big deal out of it for, like, a scene. Right. And because it's it's the justification for why he's not at school, which is actually important later, because Mothra is not the monster I meant to mention. King Ghidorah is. King Ghidorah wakes up. Ah, I'm King Ghidorah. Really sucks. I hate this planet. I'm gonna kill everybody. But first, I'm gonna kidnap all your children and put them oh, in yeah. a giant bubble. Yeah, uh, King Ghidorah is is a little bit of a different creature this time around. Mm -hmm. uh, Got different Ghidorah, motives, at least. King Ghidorah, it's explained, uh, came to Earth tens of millions of years ago. A hundred, like it was like the Cretaceous period. Yeah, like, like yeah. Uh, in prehistory, and wiped out the dinosaurs. Mm -hmm. That's that's why the dinosaurs are dead. They specifically say King Ghidorah killed half of them. Half the dinosaurs. <laughs> the other ones, I guess, died of grief. <laughs> the meteor <laughs> couldn't go on. And then and then uh, left. King Ghidorah yeah. left. Now King Ghidorah has returned. Uh, there's been you know prophecies and all the rest. Mm -hmm. And this King Ghidorah, in true kid movie fashion, is more like uh, more like a warlock yeah. who kidnaps the children. Yeah, stores them in a little dome, like a magic mm -hmm. a dome of magic. And it's weirdly fleshy. Like it looks like an eyeball without like an iris on it, but yeah. it's really bloodshot. And and, and the kid the kids are all uh, put inside, and King Ghidorah can sort of like sap their life energy. God, is that what they were getting That's at? They're, getting they're kind of vague about it. He just keeps doing it, and then he just sort of hovers around the bubble. Yeah, and the kids are like, eh, this sucks. Well, they're, and they're freaking out in there a little well, bit. Well, they would, they're wouldn't they? They're getting tired. Like, their energy is being drained by King That Gita. would happen anyway if you don't give them a snack. <laughs> they're all afternoon. Uh, they're kids. They need calories. <laughs> I'm just saying, King Gator could have just, like, you know... Put in some fruit leathers or something. <laughs> well, I suppose if he wanted to be nice. Um, all the kids get, like, teleported away. And the way, the visual effect that they use to teleport these kids, they don't just, like, vanish it's, like it's Star Trek. It's a terrible effect. They get stretched. It's like, it's like a... There's a lot of really bad compositing in this yeah. movie. There's a lot of bad... Um, it, it's almost like video toaster effects. Yeah. Like, they just sort of... Uh, replace video clip art of kids yeah. that they composite into a shot. It looks really bad. But there are these shots of, like, you know, the hallways in a school and a bunch of, like, you know, the elementary schoolers are, like, running around. They're scared. Fine. And then they're, like, turned into visual effects, but they still, like, kind of pictures of kids. And the visual effect is just stretching them, like, mm. lengthening, making them taller for a second, and then they disappear. Yeah. It's weirdly Lynchian. Like, it feels like <laughs> like an Inland Empire kind of effect. Oh, I, like I saw that effect a lot in kids' movies, that kind mm. of, like, squishing and stretching. Mm. Um, keep in mind, this is 1998. You know, uh, mm. CGI is getting cheaper. You know, we, we talked about, you know, 
the Roland Emmerich Godzilla, that was like high-end studio CGI. And there's pretty good-looking CGI. The, yeah. the one thing I can't complain about in the Godzilla movie are the special effects. I don't like that it's all at night in the rain. Mm-hmm. But I think when we do uh, get to see... For the time, it was pretty good. For the time, it was pretty good. When you see the monster, it looks all right. Yeah. Um, this one, this is like low-budget TV-level special effects. Mm-hmm. And that kind of stretch effect that you're talking about was really common. Yeah. Especially when, uh, like people would vanish they kind of like stretch and bounce a little bit yeah it's like popped out of existence and they did add like maybe some like ovals or sparkles to indicate that they vanish there's a there's a bit in this movie because uh the teacher is like left behind uh and the kids all run to the window to see king Ghidorah flying overhead and then they're gone and the teacher's just like kind of horrified like what happened and did you ever see the drifting classroom i don't know what that is it's another movie by no uh um Obayashi? Uh, no, Obayashi, the guy who did Haozu, actually. Uh, and it's based on, I think it's a, a manga about a classroom of, uh, you know, a school full of kids that gets, like, pulled into a sinkhole. But instead of just, like, falling underground, they fall into, like, another dimension. Okay. And it's just this, like, school in the middle of a vast wasteland full of monsters. And it's, like, these kids and their teacher, and they're just trying to survive. And, like, all their parents are, like, looking down in the hole, like, trying to figure out, can we get down there? How do we, like, it's, it's weird. It's it's if you've never seen if you've seen Housey, you're like oh that's weird I want to see more movies like that Drifting Classroom really fucking weird and I kind of thought that was the vibe they were going for it was pretty popular like I think the manga was pretty popular at the time but anyway um, seek it out you'll you'll you'll, you'll <laughs> be like the fuck is this and that's the vibe that's what we're going for the kids are all kidnapped except Shoda Shoda mm-hmm. who had been told just before his parents drove away. Uh, don't go in the woods. That's all we ask. You can stay home for food-related reasons. Just don't go in the woods. So he goes in the woods. And he goes cave diving because his pastime is exploring an unexplored series of caves all by himself. What is he, 13? He's about that age. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Did you go? Did you do a lot of solo cave diving when you were a kid? No, but I spent a lot of time by myself unsupervised. That was that's not uncommon yeah. for. It's the cave kid, diving kids, I'm more concerned kids about. Or kids entertainment to feature children that have agency and who get to go on adventures on their own. I, I, I'm not objecting to that. I'm just not sure cave diving is the thing we should be encouraging kids to do on their own. I feel like that maybe is a, a potential recipe for disaster. Uh, if there are any kids listening, go spelunking. Just <laughs> do it. Bring a single granola bar and a flashlight uh-huh. and go into a cave all by yourself. These are the safe things to do. Okay. This is sarcasm. Please don't listen to me. Thank you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Just so we're, so we're not, not taking the court over Jesus this. Christ. Anyway, yeah, don't, don't, don't go cave diving, kids. Um, anyway, uh, so Shoda is, is miraculously left out of this whole shenanigan. Uh, meanwhile, uh, the Elias are... Saying to themselves, oh, well, we should call Mothra. It's earlier than usual, but we're going to call Mothra. Yeah. It's like 18 minutes into the movie, we're going to call the big gun. Uh, and Mothra shows up, and the Elias are also trying to, like... They, they, you know what? They're, they're getting their, their hands dirty. Mm. They're trying to take on Ghidorah themselves. And as they're flying past Ghidorah on their little... Uh, the, the, the mini Mothra, yeah, fairy. Fairy Mothra, yeah. And they're shooting it with, like, little lasers. Not doing a they're, lot. They're, they're but, using you know. the sword. They're using the sword, yeah. but it, like, shoots lasers. Um... All of a sudden, Laura and King Ghidorah lock eyes. And because this is an action movie and not a rom-com, that means 
Laura has just basically had her soul corrupted by King Ghidorah. And she turns on Mona. And this whole bit is weird. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Laura ends up inside, like, the eyeball or whatever. And Mona Mm -hmm. is, like, left all alone with uh, Shota. And uh, Belvira ends up getting sucked into the the giant eyeball full of kids Mm -hmm. uh, as well. Weird fucking movie. Um, so now Mona and the kid are going to share their feelings about, you know, having siblings and, uh, talk about kid stuff and also establish important things for the plot. Like it turns out, uh, that when the Elias summoned Mothra and we, we talked about this actually, we talked about how, uh, what we speculated rather, because when you summon Mothra, you sing a song and there's choreography and everything. If you don't get it right, mm-hmm. do you get less of Mothra? Yeah, but, we, and we've established that's where they have fairy Mothra. They got a little one. That was their yeah. recursal Mothra. But here, we, we're actually confirming more of that. Because Laura has been corrupted by King Ghidorah, mm-hmm. well, Mothra's only at half power. Because it was powered by two of the Elias. Right. So now they're concerned that Mothra's not going to be able to defeat King Ghidorah. And King Ghidorah kind of really fucks Mothra up for a while. Yeah. like It's, it's, it's not a massacre, but it's not good. Mm. Um, and this is a pretty cool looking King Ghidorah. Yeah. They, they've made, um, as we've commented before with Desk Ghidorah, uh, the, the design is like a little more cartoony, like it's a little more broad and pointy. Yeah. It, it doesn't look more, it doesn't look animal. It looks a little bit more like a puppet. Yeah. Like, it's very expressive. Like by though. design. It's very expressive though. I like that. And you, you think back to the way uh, King Ghidorah looked in any of the previous movies. Yeah. And King Ghidorah had sort of like a loose floppy quality because they needed to to uh, dangle those three heads from cables. Yeah. And the cable technology has clearly improved. Mm-hmm. They've made King Ghidorah like a lot more like sleek and dragon-like. Mm. Most importantly, they've given him bigger feet. So yeah. like, like looks a little bit stompier and more well, threatening. He looks a lot less uh, top heavy, which really helps. Just it yeah, makes him look like more a little, plausible. Well, it, it, the other King Ghidorah had like sort of a chicken body, like a big round body, but little two tiny feet. And this yeah. one looks a little bit more like a stonky, stompy monster. I think this might be my favorite Ghidorah oh, really? design. Right. Just because it, it looks most like a proper monster. Okay. But yeah, Ma- King Ghidorah and Mothra have at it. And uh, King Ghidorah is winning, has the upper hand for a while. It's doing quite well, uh, but um, well, it's, it's, it's still early in the movie, so we really can't uh, really can't do much about that. So let's see what we got here. Uh, oh, it turns out there are five hundred and twenty-eight children missing. It's good that they counted. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, Mothra Leo fights King Ghidorah, um, mm-hmm. and it's at this point that King Ghidorah's like magic powers start to influence Laura. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, which is, Laura, which is bad. yeah and, and Laura uh, falls under King Ghidorah's spell and mm-hmm. starts to attack Maul. Yeah, where were you? I covered yeah. that. I was a lot yeah, of order um, when, I, when I covered that. But that th- this was the point when that happened. Yeah. Um, uh, and and then um, I think Belvira also gets trapped into the dome and she she's does. the one who starts to like... This is when she starts to have her turn to the good. Yeah, yeah, because she, 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 she realizes that King Ghidorah has to be stopped... Regardless of her differences uh, with her sisters. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, uh, because uh, Mona is the only Elias currently powering Mothra, Mothra's like, I can't defeat King Ghidorah like this. Mm-hmm. So he goes to Mona and he says, Mona, what if I go back in time to the Cretaceous period 
when King Ghidorah showed up in the first place, back when he was like a teenager, I guess, and I'm going to fight him there, mm. thus saving the whole timeline. And Mona's like, I can do that. Yeah, we, we have a song for that. Uh, I don't get she, to whip it out very often, but yeah, I got it in my yeah, back they, pocket. And they, they trans- Shota, get on the piano. And they transform uh, Mothra mm. into uh, a monster that Toho has dubbed Lightspeed Mothra. Mm. So a different monster. Yeah. And Lightspeed Mothra is able to travel at the speed of light and travel back in time. Yes. And so we go... And we go back in time. It's the same set mm. with a black backdrop. Yep. <laughs> Kind of a red sky, a little bit, almost like an old Star Trek Next Generation episode. And and there's some uh, animatronic dinosaurs. Uh, I think there's a few CG dinosaurs, but they aren't very good. Uh, In in like, there's like a few wide shots shots of of like CG dinosaurs, but it's mostly animatronic like puppets. And and I not suit actors. No, 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 definitely, definitely puppets. Um, And I swear to God, pretty sure that T Rex was a Jurassic Park toy. I think they repainted it or something. I think I had yeah. that toy. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. And it's and it's like hunting down triceratopses. Mm. And there's this really hilarious bit where he's like biting the triceratops, but under the triceratops like head fan, you know, the smart uh-huh. place to bite a triceratops. And then King Ghidorah shows up and is like, "Hey guys!" And the T Rex and the triceratops are like, "What?" As if the triceratops is also annoyed to have been interrupted. <laughs> yeah, we're we're busy. <laughs> Do you mind? And then King Gator is like, no, I'm going to kill all the dinosaurs. And they're like, ah, shit. And then Mothra shows up. And he's like, ah, I'm Mothra. And he starts fighting King Ghidorah. And and this is another case where every time there's a monster fight, you get like a bigger monster move yeah. of some kind. It's like, oh, I didn't know Mothra had a head laser. Yeah. But now Mothra has a head laser and starts zapping people. Yeah. Or zapping Ghidorahs anyway. This is also one of those time travel movies where you go back in time but we keep intercutting your adventures back in time with the present as if they're happening at the same time and not literally like a hundred million years ago. So That's fine. It's exciting to cross cut. So Mothra is fighting King Ghidorah and it's like, oh no, can we help Mothra a hundred million years ago uh, in time today uh, by undoing King Ghidorah's brainwashing and getting Belvira... Uh, on our team to triple charge Mothra a hundred million years ago, which is also right now. They get, they can send the energy back in time as well. Yeah, but only to a hundred million years ago, which again is also right now. Time is moving forward at the same rate, whether it's now or a hundred million years ago. The there, time the in San Dimas is always correct. <laughs> Look, this all makes sense to me. I don't know why you're complaining about these little cons- inconsistencies. They little inconsistencies. Sense. Okay. Well, 100 million years. Uh-huh. The, the two time frames in both time periods uh-huh. are always going to be second by second, 100 million years apart. <sighs> Got it? We're always moving forward in time. Okay. Even when we're in the past, we're moving forward at the same rate. Didn't you watch Tenet? <laughs> <laughs> I think I did. <laughs> You know, you haven't seen Tenet unless you've seen Tenet eight times. And even then, you still haven't seen Tenet. No, you probably haven't seen Tenet, actually. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. 
cards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. Uh, hold on. So the parents start looking for the kids. This right. will go literally nowhere, by the well, way. The, We're just going to take up time. There's a lot of panic in the presence, and mm-hmm. I think the idea is if Lightspeed Mothra can kill King Ghidorah in the past, mm-hmm. then King Ghidorah will suddenly blink out of existence in the present, sort of like mm-hmm. in Back to the Future. Yeah. It's not that, you know, it, it won't be causality. It'll be instantaneous. Yeah. So all, all of the things that are happening with King Ghidorah right now are still happening. Yeah. And once King Ghidorah is dead, then King Ghidorah will be will vanish. Yeah. The problem is uh, Mothra is a little too violent with King Ghidorah, mm. and a bit breaks off <laughs> in the past. Yes, a yeah, hundred million years ago. So, like a piece of King Ghidorah's tail lands on the ground and like burrows underground mm. and stays there for a hundred million years. Yeah, that's gonna come back to bite us later. Uh, Literally, this will be this will be important later. Uh, also, by the way, the process of sending uh, a Mothra back in time has like turned Mona into like a statue. She's, like, oh, that's right. she turned into like, marble. Yeah. yeah, like laying down, like kind of like Snow White style at oh. the end. And everyone's like, "Oh no, Mona!" Well, shit. Okay, so it's up to Shoda to get himself kidnapped by King Ghidorah. So he runs up to King Ghidorah and says, "Hey." Right. You yeah. forgot one. Yeah, you keep saying Mona. Her name is Laura. No, Mo- Mona's the one. Mona's the Laura and Maul are the two fairies. Really? Yeah. I, oh, I wrote this down consistently wrong. Oh, you kept okay. on saying you wrote it down as Mona. Doing, uh, I don't know how I kept doing this. All right, whatever. Anyway, um, Laura is the one that was possessed and is yeah. the one that's turning into a statue. No, no, no. The one that turns into a statue is not Laura. The one that turns into a statue is the one outside the bubble. No, Maul does not turn into a statue. Laura, the one who was possessed, turns into the statue. No, 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 no. The one who's possessed does not turn into a statue. The one who isn't possessed turns into a statue because they use their older oh. power to supercharge Mothra back in time. Oh, you're right. I totally mixed him up. Okay, so okay, that's on me. Oh, sorry. I apologize to anyone trying to follow along on this podcast. <laughs> Look, we're I was at least consistently wrong. <laughs> In any case, Shota gets, gets himself teleported inside the weird flesh bubble, mm. and he finds the, the two, Elias, Belvira, and the other one. And uh, the other one's still... And they've been, like, fighting. They've been, like, sword fighting, and Belvira's mm. trying to, like, survive. Um, but Belvira's had a change of heart at this point. Belvira's yeah. like, no, this is wrong. This is, I, I, yeah. can't, I don't want to take over the world. I don't want anything to do with you. I want to help get rid of this monster. There's a greater yeah. evil here. I'm gonna be good now, and and it's and it's pretty convincing because it's not like, like, she's like completely changes a character. She's mm. still like kind of a badass <clears throat> and a bit cynical, but mm. she is not down with destroying the world anymore. Yeah, and, um, and in fact, uh, Belvira mm. and Maul, will or and Laura, excuse me, yeah. <clears throat> uh, I mixed them up. Uh, will get on the back of fairy. Mothra. Yes. And fly out together and do... Uh, and do this more summonings. Do, yeah, do the summoning thing together for the first time. When uh, Shoda is trying to convince uh, uh, Laura mm. uh, to shake off King Ghidorah's evil influence. He's a very, very convincing arguer. Uh, Laura shakes it off. And she has to sing to supercharge Mothra back in the past. And it's a big moment. And we're cutting from the present to the past and I kept thinking about what this looks like exclusively in the present I just burst in here into a giant monster's weird flesh prison Mm. and I convinced 
a hypnotized fairy to stop trying to kill her sister so she can save the day. And what does she do? She stops and sings for a couple of minutes, and then it's like, that'll wrap that up. Can you imagine? I, I, you know what? It would all make it, At that point, I'd take anything. I'm just saying, without the cross-cutting, it's yeah. got to be right. It would be like, you know, you, you break into the Avengers Tower, and it's like, Captain America, the Red Skull is about to, like, okay, d- destroy a building. And Captain America just, like, sings all of the Star Spangled Banner. And he's like, that'll do it. Really? Really? Yeah. That oh, was, that was weird. Oh shoot! I I need five diamonds and some mayonnaise. Like, uh... <laughs> what? <laughs> makes much sense, right? <laughs> Look, this makes about as much sense as a comic book, I suppose. So, anyway, um, Mothra defeats King Ghidorah in the past, but Mothra dies in the process because it's still called Rebirth of Mothra, hmm. and we're saying to ourselves, "Oh no, Mothra died in the past, and now we won't have a Mothra in the present. We hmm. lost a Mothra." So we yeah, needed Moth- what we Mothra, needed those. So yeah, Mothra died 100 million years ago, and yeah. King Ghidorah mm. was chopped up 100 million years ago. But and I actually think this is actually kind of a fun because I actually was like, oh yeah, this is pretty oh. fair actually <laughs> because Mothra has been on Earth for forever. Yeah, it's established. It's an ancient being. Uh, when the Mothra from the future dies, a bunch of baby Mothras from the past see it. And cocoon it uh-huh. so that it can heal itself, but well, it's that, so that wounded. The little um, caterpillars, which we yeah. haven't had in the Rebirth movies yet, no, have we? No, we had in the first one. Okay, in yeah. the very first Rebirth of Mothra movie, there was the caterpillar for a little bit. Um, but yeah, the caterpillar Mothras cocooned the Mothra from the future. I guess they figured out what was going on. It must have been very confusing. They're all and, ca- they all have the same soul, William. They're 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 the same being. I, I, they don't sure. <laughs> The cocoon Mothra. You're, you're from not the f- listening to the rules. They're laying it all out for. Whitney, them. the cocoon Mothra from the future. Yes, is my point. They lose, and, and they're gonna yeah. and Mothra. But here's the thing, Mothra. Yeah, Mothra has been cocooned and healed itself before. Mothra's really fucked up this time. Mothra's dead. Mothra is gonna take over 100 million years to get better, and in the future, when King Ghidorah starts fucking around again. All of a sudden, a mountain that was in the background the whole time cracks open, and that was Mothra. That was Mothra, buried underneath there, pupating for 100 million years, coming out as Armor Mothra. Awesome, by the way. metallic-looking monster. They did that Uh, on Doctor Who eventually, like that exact same kind of plot point. Brilliant. And and how is King Ghidorah still around in the present? It turns out that piece that broke off... Exactly. Like, they killed King Ghidorah, but then they fast-forwarded back to the the present and it seems like that little chunk mm-hmm. grew back Whoops. over the course of course of 100 million years so king Ghidorah is also back in the present Whoopsie. so um doesn't make a whole lot of sense i don't no. remember what period there was when there wasn't a king Ghidorah in the I movie don't, don't they didn't know. they didn't go into that timeline at all but in they, any case the, the, the time travel is a little fast and loose but i get yeah, the the egg. the egg was implanted underground yeah that was fair new mothra comes out new mothra's got metallic wings and there's mm-hmm. this big rebirth sequence very cool and uh and it this kicks Ghidorah's ass it, it, it like sprays metallic dust all over king Ghidorah and like yeah. flies through his chest and explodes him it into a firework it, yeah. it does the holdo maneuver except it survives like mm. it's pretty cool actually like it literally punches through king Ghidorah's chest and even king Ghidorah afterward like turns around like the did you just... Uh, uh, Whoa! Yeah. Honestly, if I wasn't dead, I'd be impressed. <laughs> and Mothra is... Uh, saves the day. Uh, uh, oh, and by the way, Mona? Fine. No, Mo- she, Mo- she, fine. She she wakes up. 
Yeah, she's they, been she, like she's awoken restra- from her from her magical coma. Well, and they even say you you can use your magic to to awaken yeah. her. And well, they, they use they the sword. Do. Yeah, is what they do. And so and then she's like, oh hey, what did I miss? And Bavira's like, oh I'm good now. But I still think you're dicks, and she flies away. <laughs> Which I like that. I like I the, the kind of relationship. That's that, good. That's the thing. I actually weirdly satisfied by the because because Belvira was always like their sister, yeah, and they always loved her, even though she kept trying to destroy the world. And so the implication was there must be some saving grace there. Yeah, something about Belvira is worth worth redeeming. Is worth redeeming, and. Yet they really could have, like, at the end of this thing, when you know the two LES who are always the heroes, you know, one's dressed in like you know magenta, one's dressed in blue, and then all of a sudden, you know, Belvira is there dressed in green, and she's totally subscribed. Nope, still wearing goth shit, still flies away in a robot <laughs> dragon, and she literally just says, "Yeah, we're never going to agree on anything, but I'm not evil anymore." Bye. Like, fine, <laughs> I'll see you on holidays, and we'll just go our separate ways the rest of the time. Nice. Uh, and uh, the credits roll. And again, we never got back to the lunch thing. That it's, never came up again. It's why are you so re- focused on this lunch they thing? they spent time setting it up. They, they're, it's, it's just, I thought it was going to be useful it's later. It's mood. It's just sort of I like thought, something that's happening at home to establish that these are people. I thought it was going to be important They have a diet. Later. That's all. It, I thought it was Chekhov's chef. Like, I thought he was going to... Oh, no. How do we stop King Ghidorah? Well... King Ghidorah hates saffron. Okay, well, I'm going to make a ditch with a lot of saffron. And he's going to be like, ah, I don't like this anymore. Bye. And he fucks off. And he never comes back to our planet slash restaurant again. And that would have been fine. I never know. I don't know anyone who hates saffron that much. But anyway. Um, I had saffron tea this morning. Nice. Yeah. I like saffron. Very good. I don't know why I picked that. It just seemed like a fun spice. Uh, it's just, it, it, it's weird to set something up. Like, because it's very specific. It's he not, it's not he a set been, up. It's no, just it something that happens in the movie. No, because they need to, they're justifying. They're uh, dramatically justifying why he isn't at school with the other kids, right? They need to establish that. Hmm. So there needs to be a reason for that. They could have picked any number of banal, uninteresting reasons that don't call any attention to themselves. Uh, he's sick. He's scared because he didn't study for a test and he doesn't want to get bad grades. He's being bullied. Anything that any kid could probably sympathize with or understand. But they chose, I'm embarrassed by the quality of my lunch so much that they, they I cry. Do that they much. do. They, 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 they mention it in it one month. scene. And it's so like... long, but it's not just one line. The kid has to explain it to his parents, and the parents don't get it for a minute. And the All kid right. like shoves it back in their face, like you don't understand. When food is made with hate, it's not nutritious. And I'm like, see, this feels like this big deal. I don't know why you. I don't. I'm, I'm actually amazed that didn't stand out to you. I, no, I, I, like, I, 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 barely, I barely remember that. this detail I that you're fixating you. on. It's 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 not presented in a way like it's going to be important to the yes, plot. Yes, it is! It's, it's not! not. It totally <laughs> is! They literally look at the camera and say this will be important later. They don't do that. Um, anyway, that's Rebirth of Mothra. Um, it's it's kid-friendly. Very um, kid-friendly. The, these are... These are all kind of... They don't blend together, but they're all uh, very similarly toned. Yeah. So there, there isn't like one that you're gonna like over the other unless there's like if you like the pyramid one, if you like mm-hmm. the adventures in a pyramid, that's the one you're gonna like. Well, they each have they each have different qualities. Like the first one has a lot more stuff. Like 
in the kid's house with like the the fairy and gutter gutter like flying around and sort of like a David Dakota tiny monster fashion. Had a lot more of that. Had a lot more stuff with the family in general where like the dad was like responsible for cutting down this forest and it had this kind of ecological message. And then the next one was a treasure hunt with a Pokemon. Mm. So that had its own kind of vibe. And then this one's way more old school Godzilla monster fights. Like it's just a lot of them. Yeah. Like kind of like kind of nonstop once the thing gets going. Uh, but this one has a bit more character stuff with the actual Elias, which honestly is welcome. We spend so much time with them. Like give them like some some something to deal with uh-huh. as opposed to just, well, Belvira's quite bad. Gonna have to put a stop to that. Great. I, I don't know. Do, do you have a favorite? Do you, is there one you think is is the <clears throat> better accomplished, you know, more effective, uh, more fun? Um, I think I was just kind of blindsided by these movies, by mm. kind of how childish they were. Yeah. How how like slick low budget, slick and low budget at the same time, kid friendly. Yeah. Uh, it reminded me a lot of like bad '90s fantasy films I saw growing up. Sure. Uh, I think it's just of a piece of that, mm. uh, which is just this big miasma of cheap children's entertainment. Uh, kind of hard to say like there's not a lot going on in these movies they're not very sophisticated movies uh even when they go into sort of big and like this one's has the most ambitious story because it has the the time travel plot yeah it's a bit more epic yeah but they're not paying very close attention to the time travel plot no it makes no sense whatsoever uh it makes as much sense as the magical temple from the second movie yeah but the magical temple isn't like a paradox it's just kind of it's just kind of silly yeah. You know? like I, I guess that's all I can say. They're kind of silly. Yeah. They're, they're really... I imagine they'd be really amusing if you're like... If you're a kid. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a kid yeah. and this is just on TV, you, this would probably grab your attention. Mm-hmm. I think the first one, because it has a little bit more variety mm-hmm. in terms of what it offers, because again, it starts kind of small, in the house, sister's been possessed, little monsters flying around, and then gradually gets bigger, and then there's more stuff. I feel like it's like a little better paced than well, the other two. Because it's lowering us into the world for the first time. Yeah. So we get to build up to the crazy stuff. And also the, the kids... The sequels start with the crazy stuff. Yeah, but also the kids in the sequels, you know, they don't... They, they, the, all the human drama, they're still there. They never really have much to do, but I feel like the kids, you know... there Sh- was Shota's sp- a bit of a hero he, in this He's one. a hero, yeah. but he doesn't, like, do a ton, you know? They mm. probably could have solved the problem without him, but... I feel like in the first one, there was more conflict between the kids that was actually consistently maintained. Like, little sister, brother, you know, have a thing. You know, they're, 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 they fight their kids. Um, more actual engagement with the parents. More problem solving in the human worlds. Like, we have to, like, how do we travel on an airplane with a couple of magical creatures? We have to pretend that they're toys. Like, okay. a little more thought went into it. I just feel like once the action kicked in, in Rebirth of Mothra 2 and 3, it's just actiony stuff yeah. and that and that's fine but it can only hold my attention like really hold my attention mm-hmm. for so long yeah. before my mind starts to wander and i'm wondering what happened to the lunch <laughs> like that's it, what may, it boils down to maybe that maybe that's what's going on with rebirth of mothra 3 because you know we say all the time every movie if you start picking it apart you're gonna find the plot holes they're in yeah. there every plot yeah. has holes it's, it's rare, rare that you find a script that is 100 tight um you know, like Die Hard might be it, and even then, you probably mm, find even Die Hard's got like a few. 
Like the uh, the issue is, if you notice that stuff, it mm. means the film isn't engaging you in the film in the way it wants. Exactly, it's not involving you in whatever the human drama is or whatever the action sequences are. Those things aren't grabbing you enough that your mind is wandering and you're starting to question the story. Exactly. Um, maybe you were so unengaged by the children trapped underneath King Gittery's contact lens. <laughs> That you, started, about that you was... started to wonder, wait a minute, there was that scene earlier where they were talking yeah. about the food? Is that... Am I waiting on that? Is something going to happen with the food? Maybe I just like food movies and TV shows. Like, you <laughs> ever watched Food Wars? I've, I've watched a lot of cooking game shows. No, no, Food Wars thing. is an anime. Oh, no. I food don't. Wars is an anime about... Um, was uh, this the kids... one about the demon who gets a job in the Burger King? No, 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 no. That was The Devil's a Part-Timer. Good show. All right. Uh, no, Food Wars is about a bunch of kids and they go to this, like really intense cooking school where everyone's got like their super cooking specialty and they're constantly challenging each other to like humiliating battles where they're having to outcook each other and the way you can tell someone's cooking is really good is if when the judge whoever it is eats the the food mm-hmm. it's so delicious their clothes explode off their body and this isn't a metaphor. This literally happens and is commented on multiple times. And they start screaming about how delicious it is and explaining in like exacting detail how a chef could accomplish this in, in, so like you at home could do it. Food Wars kicks ass. Like Food Wars makes food fun. Like you know what you're thinking? Food? Eh. Why? No. Food Wars... It made it a blast. And I just thought, because this, it felt like the kid was being set up to be this culinary genius. Surely that this would be introduced as such a factor of his character, mm. they'd want to do something with it. Like, maybe it's like, oh, my dad wants me to go into the family business, but I want to be a cook. And then at the end, dad's like, you can be a cook if you want. It's fine. You saved the world. Like, f- fair enough. Uh, no, just, just dropped. <laughs> Still mad. <laughs> this is gonna bug. This is gonna bug me. This is gonna be one of those things. I need to watch it again. I, I think you to, do. I need, to, I need to pay closer attention to you do whatever the hell is going on that I clearly missed. Okay. Anyway, that's it for Rebirth of Mothra three. The end of the Remothra. The Remothra. The Remothra. The, the Remothra of birth. Yes. Uh, the the trilogy is over. Hmm. The Heisei era, of which this was technically a part. Uh, it's officially over. We're done. This is the last of it, yeah. Yeah. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking to yourself, Ibs and Whitney, you're about to start the Millennium series, aren't you? You're wrong. Because... Uh, as we screwed up again. We screwed up again. I mentioned it earlier that we've been trying to go in chronological order, and every once in a while, someone points out, hey, you missed one. Technically, this one monster from this old movie that is pretty obscure eventually interacts with Godzilla. And we've gone back... And revisited ones that, like, interact with Godzilla kind of in one panel of a comic book. Yeah. We've been trying to be very, very thorough. And so I didn't feel bad about missing Half Human. Apparently we missed a big one, though. Because next time on uh, uh, Thank Godzilla, it's Friday, we're going to go back in time. We're going to watch another Ashiro Honda movie. God, he was prolific. Uh, And we're going to be reviewing a movie... Whose name I wrote down on a piece of paper. <laughs> it is Gorath. Gorath. 
Gorath is about a planet that's going to collide with Earth. And oh no, how do we stop that shit? Well, apparently it's going to be a Gorath. Uh, and then Gorath will eventually uh, come back in Godzilla Final Wars, which we'll get to pretty soon. Not right away, but mm. a few weeks. Uh, and now, then there, there aren't that many films in the Millennium Era. Yeah. And, and frustratingly, they don't all neatly connect up. Yeah. Uh, it's, Some of them have There's different... one in the middle called, uh, it's called GMK, Godzilla, Mothra, King, Ghidorah, Giant Monsters, All Out Attack. Great and... name, by the way. <laughs> My God, what a great name. And evidently that one is separate from the other ones. Mm. Uh, maybe you could fold it in, but it's like clearly a different Godzilla. It has yeah. silver eyes and like big fangs. Yeah. It's, it's like um, when Joker came out, but Batman, but Ben Affleck was still Batman. Yeah. But it uh, wasn't the same Joker. Exactly. It was its own thing. Yeah. So, uh, and then also Godzilla Final Wars, which was supposed to be the final, final, final film because the mm. 50th anniversary movie. Um, really shitty special effects in that one. Yay. Uh, a, lot, a lot of that early 2000s ultra blue photography it's the ugliest movie oh, no. um it was done by uh Ry- ryuhei kitamura who did like the midnight meat train and also versus which is actually a very versus, cool movie uh, yeah. um a lot, lot of really bad special effects in that one hmm. um uh where was i going with this i don't know Oh, uh, that evidently that one too is also it's not a, connected. Its own thing. Like it, they fast forward into the future a little bit, and the tone's really different. So mm-hmm. some people say that even Final Wars is in its own uh, continuity. It's really frustrating because you know, in, not that the Showa era had the greatest continuity, but at least they felt of a piece. Mm-hmm. These ones don't even feel of a piece. I think only a couple of the Millennium films are going to kind of link up. Bummer. Well, it's going to be interesting to explore them anyway. I've seen none of the Millennium films. Okay. I've seen clips because, like, I saw like the bit where Godzilla fought Zilla from the Roland Emmerich movie. That that's from Final Wars. Right? Yeah, yeah, I've seen little bits here and there, but I've never seen any of these movies in their entirety. So this should be an interesting experience. I am very much looking forward to it, and I'm looking forward to it in two weeks because first we have to, first first Firth. we have to go back in time. Colin Firth, we have to go back in time. Yes, like Colin Firth often did. You may recall. Uh, and the king's speech, uh, there was a deleted scene where it turns out that... Where he talked about his breakfast. Well, no, because what happened was... Yeah, he talked about his breakfast, but it turns out that uh, the original premise for that movie was Colin Firth, the actor, has to go back in time and pretend to be that king because that king accidentally died like in ruined history. Like He shouldn't have died there. Oh, so God. he's got to go and do the whole shtick. They cut that out because, honestly, it works without it and it makes a little bit more sense. And and honestly, apparently the right call. One best picture. Who knew? Um, no, that's not true. There's one person who's wondering. There's one person who's wondering. I pointed out, someone was like, hey, name a time travel movie that isn't Back to the Future. First off, that is not hard. Secondly, all movies are time travel movies. Just traveling forward at the usual rate. Well, yes. No, every, what is it? I think it was Godard who said, like, every edit is a lie. Yeah, every edit is a lie. Every edit is, well, if if it's all just, like, in real time and just cutting to, like, reaction shots, you're still jumping around in space. Like, you, that's not how you would experience that scene. You would have to turn your head and walk around them to get to that angle. Mm. So that's a lie. But also, all editing either compresses or stretches time. Slow motion makes time last longer. That's time travel. Mm-hmm. Uh, cutting from one scene like to another scene, like, oh, we, we have to go see Dr. Jacobson about the robot. And then we and then the next scene, they're talking to Dr. Jacobson about the robot. Well, we just cut to we just cut the whole bit of them driving there. We just traveled through time. Mm-hmm. But also, in a purely philosophical way, 
Films are capturing moments in time that we can then revisit later. So whenever you watch an older movie, to some extent... You're watching the past. You're, you're time traveling to... Like, we watched Rebirth of Monster 3. It came out in 1998. We just traveled back in time to 1998 to at least watch this work of fiction that was produced at that time. And you know what? That sounds like I'm being, you know, just kind of semantical and, and ridiculous there. I actually think that's really cool. <laughs> I actually think that's kind of magical, actually. I think it's one of the really, really cool things about movies is the way that they do all of these magical things that we've come to kind of take them for granted. We shouldn't. Even even the weird, silly ones are kind of magic. I think that's really great. I love you. <laughs> a little, little nice little moment. Thank, thanks know. for having us here. Yeah, thank you for joining us here at the Critically Acclaimed Network. And, and, and because we're recording this, mm. you're listening to us in the past. This is also time travel. It's like the, the light from the star that takes mm. a million years to get to Earth. Yeah. Uh, and if you want to time travel right now, by the way, if you are listening to this on the main feed, if you're not a patron at patreon.com slash critically acclaimed network, uh, you can listen to next week's episode about Gorath right now because all of our patrons get all of our new episodes ad free and they get episodes of Thank Godzilla. It's Friday one week early. So that you're welcome for more time travel. It's great. <laughs> we also have a lot of other exclusive shows and a lot of other things you can do over there, like vote for future episodes of the Iron List and stuff. So head on over. Every Everyone who can support the show at Patreon, we know it's not always easy. It's really hard right now. <laughs> it means a lot to us that you want to help the show continue. And we couldn't if you didn't. So thank you. Thank you. Huge special thank you to all of our patrons in particular. Um, and anyone else who wants to help the show going, subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, leave us a review if you haven't already. That really helps. Like That really, really helps. I cannot articulate that enough. Uh, you can also participate as well. Uh, we have a show, We've Got Mail, where we uh, read your emails and answer your questions and respond to your criticisms. And our email address is letters at criticallyacclaimed.net. That's right. And if you'd prefer to send us a piece of physical mail, which are guaranteed to be read. We like that. Yeah. Whitney, what is our P.O. Box? Yeah, send us a letter to the Critically Acclaimed Network, P.O. Box 641565, Los Angeles, California, 90064. Yep. And we're on social media at Critic Acclaim, and I am at William Bidiani. I'm at Whitney Seibold. And that is it for the podcast, which is ending... Now. Rar. <laughs>